Hi, and welcome to Poetry Aloud. I'm your host, Hannah Russolo. On Poetry Aloud, I connect with other contemporary poets and read their work. We communicate back and forth over email or over Skype, and I ask them the following questions. Why did you choose these words? What were you feeling when you wrote this poem? What were you hoping to communicate? What would you like us to know about your poetry? Every week, I read one poem that they chose from their collection and one poem that I choose from their collection. Then, I talk about their work and provide some insight into what they were thinking while writing and what I was thinking while reading. At the end of the show, I read some of my own poems and provide you with ways to join this little poetry community that I'm trying to create. Welcome to Poetry Aloud. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the third episode of Poetry Aloud. Um, I was going to record this last week, but my body just said, nope, you're going to sleep and rest and recuperate. And I honored what it was telling me. If your body is telling you to do something right now, please honor it. Go take a nap. Go eat something. Go drink some water. It won't fix all of your problems, but at least you won't feel as miserable. Maybe just a smidge less miserable. Honestly, I'm a little proud of myself. I've always had trouble honoring my body, so that's nice. (laughs) In any case, um, this podcast will come out, you know, I was hoping every two weeks, but maybe it'll just come out when I'm feeling like it. There definitely won't be longer than three weeks between each episode, um, but you might get it two weeks, you might get it three weeks. We'll just see how my body feels and how I feel in my brain. Okay, well, with that out of the way, I'm very excited to talk to you guys today about Everyone a Bell by S.B. Marrow. Um, S.B. is such a cool person. I follow her on Twitter. She follows me back. Um, very supportive, very lovely. Um, and Everyone a Bell really shows that off. It's a book split into sections. Um, the first section really talks about familial relationships, familial relationships as a child, familial relationship as a now grown adult, um, how those relationships change with age, how we start seeing uh, parts of our family and ourselves as we grow, um, all of that sort of stuff. Uh, the second section is more about um, the world, the human world, um, things that are happening, current events, um, and the way that they feel isolating, but also how we can connect during these moments. Uh, the third section is about the natural world. Um, SB is really into the natural world feeling healing. Um, I'm kind of along those lines as well. I will definitely take a walk or go on a hike when I'm feeling super low on serotonin. So I feel that. Um, And then the last section is a little bit more about apotheosis and um, genesis and how how poetry came to be and how poetry gives us all life. Um, Again, I really recommend picking up her book. It's it's really incredible. I really loved reading it. Um, And so today I'm starting with the poem that SP picked. It's called The Hundredth Birthday Party. And it is the very first poem in Everyone About, so it sets the tone. The Hundredth Birthday Party. Those who could make the party on Route 1 arrived exhausted. Uncles, brothers, friends, some of them already deceased. Admit it, everyone has a difficult journey. Former in-laws were there, and a few lovers of ex-lovers, my photographer and his, someone to chronicle the humor and heartbreak. I decorated with twisted ribbons and hoped for a celebration of long life, the many paths, religious or not, toward something we call peace. I'm not naive, but I thought maybe the haters had all died off. I'm afraid it ended in a brawl when folks decided to say out loud everything they had long felt. It wasn't that bad. 
I watched the replay, huddled with your camera as people started to leave, guided by the children who cried like chicks. Pio, 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 cuando tienen hambre, cuando tienen frío. The old man remained at the party, settled in his barbed spine, time's noisy labyrinth, until finally we had a space to talk, hearts open to the sky. Would our last words have been kinder if we'd stayed on that mountain where every living thing does only what it must to survive? All right, um, and Espy had some really cool things to say about this poem, so I'm just going to read what she sent me. Quote, this seems to be a theme in my work, the uncertainty of, well, everything, and by extension, the sometimes love-hate relationships with people who we care about. End quote. I really loved that, um, the love-hate relationships with people that we care about, um, because you love someone no matter what. <laughs> I mean, you know, obviously there are situations where um, you might turn your back against someone because they've hurt you or um, abused you, and that's completely valid. But in um, some cases, the people you love, you it might be difficult to love them. And, you know, that's really no one's fault. It's just kind of how it is. And you need to learn how to interact with those people in a way that will make both of you happy um, and learn how to best interact with them to avoid kind of the more difficult moments in your lives. Um, and that's what this poem is really about, right? When you think of a hundredth birthday party, you think of a celebration of life, of an old person smiling amongst their grandchildren and children and seeing the impact that they've put upon the world. Um, and I kind of love that this poem subverts those expectations, right? It ends in a brawl. Um, people come and they're not happy to be there. They, they have so much resentment that they want to save and um, share. Um, I love this uh, line, quote, I'm not naive, but I thought maybe the haters had all died off, end quote. You know, I think it's good to have a little bit of haters in your life. I hope that by the time I'm 100, I have uh, a couple of them still. But it is funny to think, well, <laughs> he's pretty old. Let's hope they died off. And that is definitely not the case. SB continues in her um, explanation and says, Quote, this poem speaks to the ways in which the speaker tries and tries, perhaps too hard, to get along with difficult people, end quote. I mean, we all have to deal with difficult people at times. Um, and again, it's all about how you interact with them. Sometimes you can choose to cut them off and no longer interact with them. But if you want to salvage some parts of the relationship, it's just about how to navigate those moments that are difficult or those sides of the person that you love that are difficult. I really loved this poem, as I've mentioned before. Um, one of my favorite lines or stanzas is actually the opening one. Quote, those who could make the party on Route 1 arrived exhausted. Uncles, brothers, friends, some of them already deceased, end quote. I love this idea of some of them already deceased coming, this walking dead coming to this uh, birthday party that they feel so compelled. They have so much to say that they still come and they're exhausted, but they're coming anyway. Um, it kind of shows uh, what lurks in the mundane. If we just peek a little bit closer, how, you know, maybe the world isn't as black and white, alive and dead as we think it is. There's another line I really love, um, quote, the old man remained at the party, settled in his barbed spine, end quote. First of all, I love that the old man just kind of sat there and was like, yeah, you know, you're not, we're not really sure how he feels because this is from the speaker's point of view. Um, but I'd like to think that he was kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm used to this, uh, either resigned or kind of a big old like, fuck you guys, fine. I guess that's how you feel about me. And I guess I get that feeling from the barbed spine comment. Um, you know, habits and, and personalities really tend to cement themselves as you get older. Um, something I'm constantly fighting, but it's kind of like finding entropy. Um, and 
if he had haters, right, he probably did have a barbed spine um, and probably did rub people the wrong way. And, you know, as they say, hurt people, hurt people, um, which isn't an excuse. It's more just of an explanation. Um, and this idea that his spine is barbed both towards himself and to, toward others is uh, really intriguing to me. Um, and then that question at the end, quote, would our last words have been kinder if we'd stayed on that mountain where every living thing does only what it must to survive, end quote. I think about that all the time, about how like humans weren't really meant to be this smart, how we're kind of like an abomination of nature. I guess back in the day, they would have said it's a sign of God, um, or some people still would say it's a sign of God that they gave us uh, sentience. But I'm kind of more along the lines of we were supposed to say, stay stupid monkeys. And that's not what's happening right now. Um, but this idea of like, would we be kinder if we had been, you know, non-evolutionarily turned into these creatures that we are right now. Um, but then again, like maybe kind wouldn't mean anything if we were still those creatures, you know, running around. Like, can you really say that a monkey is kind to another monkey? I mean, maybe an ape Coco could sign in any case. Um, yeah, that's kind of the question in this book is what, what is kindness and what does it mean to be someone with uh, consciousness and a soul and to live in this world that is very, very often unkind and that likes to highlight the unkind parts of itself because those people always want more power and then they use it to do unkind things. And, you know, reading this book, at least it makes you feel less alone in uh, the frustration, but also the desire to want to change at least some people or want to still interact with some people, even if they're difficult to interact with. So now I'm going to move on to my favorite poem from Everyone Abel, which is actually the eponymous poem. So I'm just going to read it and then I'll talk about it. Everyone Abel. In the movie of childhood, despair sounds like hope, a cowbell maybe, that clangs every day at five. It wasn't mentioned at supper, the clubhouse under the porch. She was still young, still fumbling her knife, and in the end was excused from her plate of chewed meat the hours she spent avoiding his eyes. Now imagine that bell once hung from the neck of a captive cow, how its noise assaulted her wiry ears, her spirit unable to shrug off the clamor and choke and fact of that weight. Rainy days, they got out of mom's way, building forts of brown boxes. He closed the lid and sat full down. She panicked bad. But it's just a game, he calmly said, and let her out, cowboy-hatted, for torture by tickle, Indian rope burns, dumb beast tied to a cellar pole. If this is a movie, it will need music to be fit for release. I hear jazz, a quintet, the drummer, a master who tells the story with flailing wrists, who in the mayhem gives everyone a bell and their moment to wail. Yeah, this one, this one really speaks to me. Um, I'm loving this idea of a, a captive cow, um, how it has a bell hung around its neck. Um, and it says here, quote, her spirit unable to shrug off the clamor and choke and fact of that weight, end quote. I've never thought of a cow having weight from the bell around its neck, but it must be so frustrating to hear something every time you move, to hear this little ding ling 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 and it really, it really must sound like a clamor and choke. And the fact that you are a captive and you have that weight within you. You know, I didn't even want to put a bell on my cat's collar because I found it annoying, let alone what she would think of having a bell with her every time, especially like a silent killer like she is. <laughs> Although, you know, she's a house cat. 
But anyway, um, this idea of, quote, in the movie of childhood, despair sounds like hope, end quote. It makes me think about Bell Hooks um, in her book, All About Love, how children don't really want to think that they're not loved. So they'll just label whatever treatment they get as love because no one wants to believe they're not loved as a child. Um, and how that can turn something like despair into hope when you're a kid because you kind of hope that things will change and you think, well, you know, this is how they love me. Um, and that's how, you know, the cycle of abuse continues, right? Um, it's not, again, it's not an excuse, just an explanation, a thought of, again, hurt people hurt people. Um, how, you know, the way that you show love is how you received it. And it can be really difficult to break those bonds of uh, trauma and to grow and to find a new way, a more healthy way to love, a more genuine way to love. And so in this poem, the love that she received was, you know, I mean, she says it herself, torture, but torture in terms of being afraid of your own family, being afraid of what might happen from one day to the next, um, being afraid of, you know, your, your whale, um, being afraid of letting that whale go, because then it means that you are being hurt. Um, and that's what this book is, right? Everyone, a bell, everyone needs their moment to wail. Everyone needs to, to express what has happened to them and to express what is going to happen to them. And there's no way to combat hurt without first acknowledging it. Um, that's why people hide behind layers and layers of, self lies really because it hurts too much to look at it and to heal from it and this book is definitely a book of healing it's a book of hurt but it's also a book of healing and how healing manifests differently than you would think it would okay so i'm going to tell you a little bit about sb S.B. Merrow is the author of the poetry collection Everyone a Bell, published by Kelsey Books. Her book Unpacking the China won the Quills Edge Press chapbook competition in 2015. Her poems have appeared in a number of journals, including Salamander, Nimrod International Journal, Panopoly, Nagatuck River Review, Gyroscope Review, and Free State Review, and she has published essays in the Flutist Quarterly, a trade magazine. A specialist in the field of Boston's traditionally handmade flutes, she restores and repairs concert flutes for professional musicians and lives in Baltimore with her husband, nonfiction author Robert Canigo. That's so fun that Everyone a Bell was published by um, Kelsey Books. They actually published my first book, Fragments of You, um, about my love for Emma and, um, you know, the grief I experienced after she died um, and the emptiness that she left. Um, but it's a really great um, publication. Karen Kelsey just does such a great job um, supporting authors and uh, providing them with a really lovely, high-quality book. I remember, um, I remember when I got Fragments of You published, um, I was in between jobs, and I really just didn't have the money to buy copies of my own book, and she sent me 100 copies free of charge. It was just such a generous thing of her to do. Um, I really recommend checking out Kelsey Books and seeing who she's published, what books are coming out, and maybe even trying your hand at getting published there. Um, and so SB wanted me to also let you know that she enjoys getting to know, if only virtually, other poets and would love to connect with any of my listeners who want to respond to the poems I read or chat about poetry or bicycling, gardening, cooking, or her newest love, playing the ukulele. Um, and her email address can be found on her website, which is www.sbmero.com. So that's going to be www.sbmero.com. And you can follow her on Twitter. We follow each other. She's pretty cool there. Um, at 
Mero underscore SB. So that's going to be at M-E-R-R-O-W underscore SB. I really recommend you check her out. Okay, so I'm going to end the podcast with one of my poems. Um, I actually really love this poem. I read it recently at um, a reading that I hosted for Finishing Line Poets uh, two weeks ago, and it really resonated with people. And I think this poem resonates with a lot of people because it's something that a lot of us struggle with. Um, and so Ocean Currents kind of at the beginning talks a lot more about um, the throes of mental illness, like really being in it and the pain and the difficulty of it. And then toward the end, it talks a little bit more about healing, just like everyone about. And so this poem I consider to be um, one of my healing poems. I'm learning to be alone slowly. It started with a tattoo, a walk, a breakup. I kept it going in increments, 10 minutes at the coffee shop, 20 minutes in a cozy clothing store, 50 minute strolls, eventually a two hour movie. It's easier if I have a goal in mind. And my therapist said that was okay for the beginning. Not that I need her permission, she reassured me, even though I totally do. Apparently, it's important to be alone so I can find the elusive taste of self-love so I can weather myself, so I can survive the waves that churn steadily inside. They are created by me, but when the current starts pulling at my legs, I can find my island and point to my lighthouse. Those are created by me, too. There exists a shore somewhere here. I'll find it soon. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Poetry Aloud. Um, let's see when the next one comes out, maybe in two weeks, maybe in three, but definitely check in. Uh, give me a review or a follow. That would make my day. Um, and I also wanted to say that I am selling copies of Fragments of You on my website. Um, they're signed and you get to support me directly, which is pretty cool. Um, and so my website is hannarusolo.com. So that's going to be H A N N A H. R-O-U-S-S-E-L-O-T dot com. And soon I'm actually going to be selling prints of my poems written out with some little illustrations. One of my friends recommended that to me. She actually wanted a copy of I'm Learning to Be Alone Slowly to hang up in her house. And I thought, hmm, that sounds pretty cool. Um, so I made a little illustration and I'll print them out for you and send them your way on some nice glossy paper. Um, so uh, thanks for listening and keep writing. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Poetry Aloud. To receive updates about the podcast and submission calls, or just to say hello, follow me on Twitter at PoetryAloudPod or email PoetryAloudPod at gmail.com. I also have a newsletter, so if you're interested in that, just let me know. If you'd like to support the podcast and my work, please consider donating at co-fi.com slash PoetryAloudPod. That link is in the Twitter bio as well. Poetry Aloud is recorded, written, and produced by Hannah Russolo. The logo for Poetry Aloud was created by Sophia Tancredi, and the music was created by Violet Smith.